What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Spieling and Dealing. I am Patrick S. Harrison. I am joined, as always, uh, by my friend, my co-host, the inventor of Dogecoin, Sam Oliver. Sam, how are you doing on this Friday? Uh, I'm all right. All right. I didn't feel great today, but uh, our fans are calling. There's no... There's no stopping the train that is this podcast. Dude, I'm feeling I'm feeling very excited about today's show. Uh, huge show. Uh, we're going to be talking about News of the World, the new Tom Hanks movie available on demand. And we're also going to be talking about, in and of itself, uh, a new magic special, the first magic special we've talked about on this podcast uh, that is now available on Hulu. Uh, but Sam... Before we talk about the news of the world, let's talk about the news around Hollywood. Okay. Uh, Netflix this week came out with some news, some data that says Bridgerton is the most watched show in Netflix, the most popular show in Netflix history. 82 million people watched it uh, in its first month of release. Sam, I know you're one of those people. You went back to it. You're, You're a fan now, right? Sorry, no. No, no change. FX also announced, or Hulu announced, that A Teacher is the most watched FX on Hulu series ever. Sam, have you seen this show? No, I uh, was curious about it, but I did not watch it. Did you? I have not seen it either. I don't really have uh, the desire to, um, but I guess there is a lot of demand out there for naughty teachers. No, Uh, maybe, Maybe we'll have to get to it. But Sam, you know what both of those shows have in common? Love stories? They they are both scandalous. Okay, which segues perfectly uh, into our next story. Uh, are you following the Army, the Army Hammer drama? Uh, I'll just say that you look delicious right now. Okay, you look amazing. You're glistening in the sunlight of California. That skin, I just want to eat you up. I just want to eat you up. But what's going on with Army Hammer? I I like what you did there. Now, Army has had to leave his third project uh, in the last couple of months because of the fallout. Some some of his Instagram DMs were leaked. Okay, and you know he's cheating on his wife with this woman, and it's clear that they have a, a BDSM sort of master slave relationship. And listen, I don't think it's right but i think his career is in real jeopardy here like army hammer could be the way of kevin spacey very soon just because of public perception agree or disagree it seems to be trending that way when you read a lot of these articles but like it's this is a crazy story this is one of the crazier stories i can remember um because nobody's like as far as i can tell nobody's verified that he actually said these things like they just have these screenshots, I guess, of these, uh, what is it, Instagram DMs or something? It's uh, nobody's actually been able to pin him on actually saying this stuff. That's strange. He wants to eat people. What? Okay. I think it's clear that he did send these messages. Uh, you could tell. It seems like his wife is angry with him. It's clear his crime. I think is cheating on his wife, but. 
I don't think he should be judged for these messages because every celebrity looks stupid and anybody would look stupid when your sexual messages get leaked. Okay. I think that should be a private space. I actually think Army is the victim here. Okay, he is a super popular, super handsome Hollywood actor. I'm sure women are throwing themselves at him all the time. And I think he should be allowed to let his freak flag fly in these personal conversations with others. Yes, they're weird. Okay, he, like, there's a lot of talk about uh, like cutting off toes and keeping one in his pocket and a lot of stuff about like drinking this woman's blood and, you know, slight cannibalism stuff and rape fantasies. But it sounds like they have a sort of BDSM kind of relationship, and I think he's getting uh, a raw deal here. I, I'm Team Army. A raw, not a cooked deal? A cooked flesh deal? Um, did you see that the, the... I think it came out today that they're making a movie with the director from Call Me By Your Name and Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Did you see this news that came out today? No. They're making a movie that apparently it's about some, it's a, based on a book, I guess, but it's about a guy who drives across country to confront his criminal father and ask him why he likes to eat people. Like it was the, it was, this is apparently a real thing. And, uh, Army Hammer's wife, ex-wife, I guess, commented on it on Instagram and it was like so crazy. It, there's no way that this wasn't in like this didn't just happen in the last like couple weeks when this story started breaking, right? Because he was in that movie with Timmy Ch- Timothy Chalamet and that director. Yeah, yeah. So Army was not supposed to be in this one. No, apparently not. Like it just no. happens to be a movie about a person who thinks they're a cannibal or something. So now, what do you think? What's your prediction for Army Hammer's future? Is he done as a big figure in hollywood is he now yeah. outcast yeah unless that he can prove somehow that that these were not real messages he sent or that, that the context is completely different from what the people are taking him at unless he can prove that somehow people will be not wanting to work with him at least for a long time like especially women will will see that will not want to work with him i feel like so uh, probably yeah but, like, what if that was kind of, like, in the vibe? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like maybe these were sort of, like, consensual. Like, that was the sort of sexual vibe that these two people had. I, I'm not saying... I, I, just, I don't think he should be judged for it. Yeah. I'm not, I don't... I agree. I'm not saying... But I think he will be. I Like, if you're asking me, do I think he's done? Yes. Um, would I, like, take him out of my movie because of this? No. Like, yeah, I agree. His private messages between a woman and him should be private. For, uh, that goes for everybody. So, uh, mm-hmm. like, I don't think anyone should be able to judge people on their private life as long as they're not committing crimes. So, well, there we go. We are a pro Army Hammer podcast. Okay, you keep eating Army. We're we're rooting for you. Okay, now, Sam, the show that Army dropped out of this week was a show on Paramount Plus called The Offer, uh, which is a series about the making of The Godfather. Okay, it's just one example of one of these streamers uh, just, you know, abusing the IP that they have the rights to for content. Uh, so in that vein, it was announced this week that HBO Max has both a live-action Harry Potter series and an animated Game of Thrones show in development. Uh, 
tell me, give me any thoughts you have on this. Also, your initial excitement level for these two projects, if any. Not excited for Harry Potter. I mean, I'm curious what it is, uh, but it just like we're so the Harry Potter's so recent, and there's not a huge extended universe to it that's like been built out by J.K. Rowling the way that Game of Thrones is. So, like, what they're gonna do with that, I don't know. Um, it seems the way I was reading those articles was like. It's going to be Harry Potter, like the books, redone somehow, which is crazy to me because it's so recent that they finished the movies. And the movies were generally pretty good. Uh, the Game of Thrones thing, I don't like the animated thing, but I'm all for Game of Thrones content, expanding the Game of Thrones universe. There's a ton of good good stuff in that world to, to talk about, but... Uh, it would really depend on what it's about and how they do it to me. I mean, I'm not animation for that is not thrilling to me, but I'm not going to judge it before I see it. Sam, I'm a little surprised. I thought you'd be uh, all aboard with the Game of Thrones animated just because you're a big Clone Wars guy. I thought you'd find it the same way. Maybe there's aspects of the story that are more easily told uh, when you don't have to worry about that big live action budget. I thought you might be on board for that. Well, that's an interesting comparison that I think the difference is that star Wars in general, and particularly those cartoons were really designed like star Wars. George Lucas said he's, he wanted to be for kids and like this, those shows were, were played on kids channels. There's no game of Thrones content. That's going to be for kids. Like it's not been ever established in that way. So, you know, you, you say that, I guarantee you they're, they're going to branch into that direction, okay? They're going to try to start selling action figures and stuffed toys, okay? it's it's That's going to happen. Well, uh, adults I, buy that stuff, though. Like, adults buy those toys and stuff that's, like, collectibles and whatnot. So Yeah, I, but trust me. They're going to skew Game of Thrones down to children, okay? Trust me. There will be... Someday there will be... Story, there's what, Now, some of the stories that they're adapting, there's some George R.R. R. Martin uh, side books. What are they called? Dunkin' Egg or something like that? Yeah, there's a, it's a series of like short stories about two characters, Dunkin' and Egg, yeah. But it's not, like the main series of books are not for kids, you know, like Harry Potter's for kids, Star Wars for kids. No, I, I definitely not, definitely not. But yeah. like, like, you know, you have like Jurassic Park came out and now Netflix has like a kid's Jurassic Park show. Uh, it's going to be something like that. Trust me, they're going to water this brand down so I, much. Okay. Dinosaurs are are a kid thing. Like I was obsessed with dinosaurs as a kid. My parents wouldn't let me watch Jurassic Park until I was older because it was, you know, a violent movie. But like dinosaurs are in, th in, in fascinating to children. Like I, I don't think the game of you know. Sam, right. I think you're being Sam. You're being incredibly naive here. Okay, there's Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, and there's you know Lego Batman. Okay, you can water down any of these franchises for kids, and they are going to. It, it just leads to my general point about both Harry Potter and Game of Thrones here. Uh, no one in our audience is going to be surprised to know that I don't like either one of these announcements, but none of these are a surprise at all. These streamers, they are going to uh, mine their intellectual property 
like it's a diamond mine in Sierra Leone, okay? And they're going to treat their workers uh, with about as much care and respect, probably, okay? Uh, listen, it's just the name of the game today in 2021. Uh, but I, I, I don't know why I hate this at such a gut level. I just, I just wish we could just let these original stories be because, like, at this point, I feel like we're just getting fan fiction, okay? Like, George R.R. R. Martin does not care about these HBO spinoffs. J.K. Rowling has nothing to do with this HBO Max, you know, you know, live show or whatever. To me, it just waters down the legacy of these great works. But I, I know that that's just me being an artsy purist, okay? I, I, I need to get on board. Yeah, I don't want to hammer it to death. I mean, I... Part, partly agree with you, partly disagree with you, but I'm not looking forward to Harry Potter. Looking forward to Game of Thrones stuff. That's all I have to say. Well, Sam, let's move on to uh, the shows that we are talking about this week. Uh, Sam, let's start with News of the World, uh, the new Tom Hanks movie directed by Paul Greengrass, uh, available on demand on Amazon and iTunes. Uh, listen, uh, Set or I'll set this up, listeners. So it's we are set in 1870, North Texas, uh, just after the Civil War. Tom Hanks is a traveling newsman. He reads uh, news articles to people who pay a dime and sit around and listen to him. Uh, and he comes across a young uh, German girl who had been living with the Indians, uh, but I don't know something. Her caravan gets upended, and Tom Hanks uh, finds her and has to return her to her family. Uh, Sam, all the pieces were here for this to be uh, an entertaining film. And I got to say, I thought it was fine, but unspectacular. Please tell me, win me over on this movie. Did I miss something? What did you think? Uh, I'm I'm not going to. I don't I don't think I I kind of agree. I, I like this movie, but I wanted to like it much more. But I can't say I did. I'm a big Western fan, which is why I wanted to watch this movie. Also a big Tom Hanks fan. Um, and this has a lot of the Western themes, you know, it's good, but it didn't blow me away. I mean, I thought Tom Hanks is great as always. Uh, I thought the girl was pretty good. I mean, she's speaking a different language the whole movie, but she does a great job, but I, I don't know. It just was nothing that really got me super excited watching. I think they mismarketed it a bit. Like when I, as I recall watching ads and watching trailers, it seemed like there was more action in it. There was more focused on some guys trying to like abduct the girl or get her from Tom Hanks. That's really like about a 15 minute scene of the movie. Um, it's really not about that at all. So, you know, I, I kind of was, I guess, hoping that there'd be more of that story, more action in it, like a Western type. But, you know, I, it wasn't anything that blew me away. You know what this show is? Uh, it's The Mandalorian, okay? It is the same story as The Mandalorian, just, you know, set in the more traditional Western time, okay? And now, I one reason I didn't, I did not actually, I thought Tom was fine. I mean, he's super likable and everything. I would not say he was great in this movie by any stretch, but he was Tom Hanks, so he's always kind of fun to be around. I did not like the little girl as much. I you think this came little girls and this and came movies. up on another show recently. I hate the kid's sidekick who does nothing. Like this girl is mute and so she never says it. I mean, this was there was a kid like that in the stand, but it was something else we were talking about. I can't remember. The George Clooney what, movie. 
Oh, you're right. Thank you very much. Yes. And it was just like that. I hated the kid sidekick. Now, there is two ongoing stories. There is the story of him returning this girl, and then there is the story of him being this guy who reads the news, which really isn't in it that much. Uh, it's, the movie, I think, is trying to make a point about today, but it, that angle of him being a newsman almost feels kind of uh, tacked on by the end, I would say. Yeah, it was trying to make some point about the media or something like that. It's not particularly clear. Um, have you ever seen the movie? It's, uh, I want to say, yeah, interesting you bring up the Mandalorian comparison. Have you ever seen the movie The Searchers with John Wayne? No. Classic Western. So this movie is kind of, it's a very similar story, and it's kind of a rebuke of The Searchers in a certain sense because The Searchers is about, John Wayne is a guy who, uh, his niece or a relative, a young relative of his is abducted by Indians and he spends the whole movie trying to get her like it takes years to find this girl and bring her back. But that movie is really racist toward Indians like it. They're not good in any real way. And John Wayne thinks he's going to have to kill this girl because she's lived with Indians so long that she's not salvageable. This movie kind of picks up like at, at the end of that movie where like he's found the girl. But, you know, Tom Hanks treats that girl with nothing but compassion and, like, understanding. Um, so it's a very similar story in that sense, but it's kind of like rebuking the racism that in The Searchers. By the way, Searchers is a great movie. Everyone should watch it, um, despite what I just said. But uh, anyway, I, that was an interesting you talk about The Mandalorian, which kind of takes that story as well in a certain sense. So, Sam, let's bring it back to... Uh the news of the world where are you at should people invest their time in this film not until it's on uh netflix or something you can watch it for free um because it's pay uh i we paid for it it's uh it was whatever the amount i had to pay to to watch it because it's on not the the theater on demand or whatever they're calling it um so don't watch it until you can watch it for free if you're a Tom Hanks person or you're a Western fan, I'd say, yeah, it's worth a watch. Um, if this was not something you like really were going to be into, then don't watch it. It's not worth your time. Yeah, I would say wait for it to hit one of the free streamers if you would like to see it. But again, I just I thought it was fine, but I really don't have anything more to discuss with this film. Do you, Sam? No, I don't. All right. Well, now let's move on to In and of Itself. Okay, a magic special on Hulu uh, that uh, by this magician or illusionist, whatever you want to call him, a guy named Derek Delgadio. Uh, it is an hour and a half long magic special, but also uh, about you know half one man show. It combines uh, storytelling and personal reflections. Uh, I will start this off, Sam. This I, I thought that this was kind of like the Nanette of magic. And then I looked up this guy's name earlier and there was like an article titled like the guy was like, this is the Nanette of magic. And it, like it is, it's trying to take a more serious personal uh, angle on the magic special. And you know what? Not everything worked with this for me, but in general, I enjoyed watching this and I would actually recommend people watch this. We're going to get into a lot of spoilers later, I'm sure. So I almost think people should stop watching now, like listening now until they watch it. But I think this, this was very different. 
Uh, had a different tone than anything I've seen in a while. I can't remember the last time I talked about a magic special with someone. Uh, really, the last ones I watched were like the old David Blaine's ones on on like ABC when he would like put himself in a box and you know hang out on a crane for a week or whatever they used to do. Um, but it's it's not. I, I I wasn't. I didn't get knocked out by the attempt at an emotional punch at the end. And we'll dive into more specifics of it in a minute here. But in general, uh, I, I I thought this was a nice swing. It was something different. And I do recommend this to people. I, I enjoyed it. I did not. I did not enjoy it. Um, I thought it was pretentious as hell. I can see that. Uh, look, I'll say spoiler right now. I'm going to talk to hell about some of the some of the stuff I thought. Um, okay. I thought it was, if you've not seen it, stop listening now. And then, yeah, I thought it was exploitative. Like it, it, it's trying to get people emotional, and I, it didn't hit for me. I'm actually kind of glad you're saying that it didn't hit for you because it did not work for me at all. Um, you know, let's start with the magic. I think the magic it's a kind of a mix between magic and mentalism. He does kind of both. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. Like I, I not I was not blown away by any of the tricks. I it was stuff that you've seen before in one version or another. Um, it's nothing like really new and inventive. And uh, on top of that, he he makes what I feel like is a mistake when you're doing a magic special is he doesn't do everything possible to like rule out all the ways that you can undercut the trick, right? So he does these tricks, but like. There, he leaves open like all these things in my head, like, all right, this is how he, because everyone's thinking, how did he do the trick? And like, he leaves open these possibilities of how, like, so f- I'm going to spoil this, the brick trick, right? He, he takes this brick. There's a whole story behind the brick. I don't even remember what the hell the, the stupid story. Oh, it was because his mom is gay and someone threw a brick through the window. Um, but he has this whole thing and he takes a brick and he puts it on a table and he covers it. He like builds a house of cards around it so you can't see the brick. And then he asks somebody in the audience, like name uh, two cross streets in New York City. And they say like Third Avenue and something. And then he knocks the thing down. He said that brick's on Third Avenue and everybody's just walking by it. I said myself, like it was cool that he made the brick disappear. Making things disappear is nothing we haven't seen in magic before, right? It's pretty much most of magic tricks. But then like, to tell me that some person that hit working on that show didn't just go take it to that cross street and put it down there. Like you, you did nothing to, to say like show it instantly or like, show, you know, that's how like you need to really execute a magic trick for people to be sold on it. And I, I feel like they didn't do that. They show the brick in the, in the credits, but they don't show like there's sort of this instantaneous, like the brick was now here and now it's over there. Um, so like that was to me the flaw in some of his tricks that were one that they were nothing like outstanding that i'd never seen before and two that he didn't really like do everything he could to sell that this trick is is unbelievable in every single way now sam how do you rate yourself as a magic fan i enjoy a good magic special i really do um and i the other thing i'll say i think people have done this is like your it was the one man show comp and then the net comp were very very good. I actually thought that while watching it the net thing, but um, the I thought there were better magic specials out there where somebody tries to capture an emotion in, in the audience or in the people involved in the trick. 
that oh really this, i like not maybe not a special but like a uh, person i think of you know john durham boss no he, he was the long snapper for the eagles he does magic though he was on oh, america. jesus a guy from the eagles of course well, he, no, yeah. he was on america's got talent he went pretty far but he does he has like a really uh messed up life story yeah, but like he did a really good job. He doesn't do it as, as sort of darkly as this guy does it, but um, or as um, somberly, I should say, as this guy does it. But he does a good job of like weaving a story into his magic tricks and like the very emotional sort of uh, hit at the end. You know, not like this guy did again. He, this guy really tried to go for everyone bawling their eyes out. But um, I feel like he, you know, there's magic magicians who do a good job of inter, you know, making their tricks have an emotional core to them. And uh, this just didn't work for me. Sam, I'm glad you were somehow able to bring this conversation back to the Eagles. Wow, incredible how you can how you can do that with literally every subject. You know, John I actually I, I actually agree with you uh, with a lot of this. Like, I really did not like the crying at the end of the special. Uh, and one reason is because we see it filmed over many performances and th- those tears lose a lot of value, and we know we're, he's doing that every night. Yeah. Okay. And absolutely. He, even like the way he sets up the special with this story of, oh, I was in a bar in South Carolina, and this guy told me about the Rulatista. It was okay? in and Spain. Then, and in then Spain. at the end, he says, at the end, of the, he says, he's, oh, you know, you are the Rulatista. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't believe that, that that story actually happened about that guy in the bar telling him that story. I agree. Okay? It's bullshit. It's 100% yeah. bullshit. Yeah. But I still. It, at the, at the it, everything does not work like the magic i thought was it was okay i mean like we've seen all these kinds of tricks before um it, it's still impressive how he does it um then you know at the end he obviously does the trick of telling everybody which identity they picked out which i thought was a cool thing but i think like i, I have a guess as to how he did that like he, we know that he can memorize every card in a deck so i'm guessing like it was just put in an order for him to like be able to you know, do that, which is still an impressive thing that he can do that mentally, right? Um, but uh, I wasn't wowed by the trick where everything comes off the wall at the end. Maybe yeah. if, but maybe I do think that there's a bit of magic, like comedy or any art form, that gets lost. That's like it's heightened when you watch it in person. So it's like maybe it's cooler. It's like oh, you know, that that was here with me this entire hour. And like when you're on TV, you know, like you're you're getting cuts and seeing different things, and so it's not as impressive. I feel like um, I did not. I, I really was kind of actually bothered by the trick when like someone had to read a personalized letter. Yeah. Every time. I don't know how that was done, but listen, like, it wasn't magic. You know what I mean? Like it, that part did kind of rub me the wrong way. Well, like it's mentalism, right? It's, it's a form of magic, if you want to call it that. But mm-hmm. that's why I thought it was exploitative, you know, like. The, the the last trick is where he everyone picks out this card you just said at the, at the beginning that has like I am whatever and uh, he you know tells everybody in the audience what card they picked so like these people start bawling their eyes out because they pick this card that of like identifying of what they identified with on this board he just recites it back to them and then people start crying like why you know like it was so exploitative in the sense that he heightens the uh, the drama of the of the thing and he gets these people to start crying for for really like you know he didn't say anything that they didn't already know you know he he just says it in this sort of 
heightened emotional way after I, th- I think it's kind of it's supposed to be him like saying oh i as this stranger i see you for who you really think of yourself as you know like we're really connecting here i think is what it's going for but he doesn't you know it goes to your point that like he's done a million he, they say he does 500 some shows or something yeah, like that he's, like, he's acting it, yeah for sure yeah, it, yeah. It, and he has a tear come down his eye at the very end of the thing and it's like it, he's acting you know like we know he's done this 500 times there's no mm-hmm. way he's getting the emotional punch every time, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, yeah, it just seems so exploitative in that way to me. Um, like the, the uh, the anecdotes he tells, like you said, are bullshit. I mean, the the one about the Rulatista, a guy who played Russian roulette ten times and mm-hmm. survived every time, and then got killed by like a burglar. Was such a bullshit story. Like it's so clearly, and I don't even get what the point of it is. Um, we could keep going on. I, I could keep railing on this, but I, I want to end by asking you a question. Then, uh, yes, please go ahead. The name of the special is this is, and this kind of encapsulates the uh, the dumbness of this for me. Is in and of itself, what does that mean to you? Like, what does that mean relative to this show? It means nothing to me. Well, I, I think. Now you're just putting on your gloves and teeing off. Uh, I, 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 Sam, I, I, you don't like the title. That's fine, uh, but I think a lot of things have weird, ambiguous titles. Let's 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 not get too far in the weeds here. Uh, listen, let, let's talk about the uh, one of the most interesting cameos of all time, though, Multiple especially cameos. in in a live action. Oh, I see. I only noticed BG. Really... Okay, uh, yeah. Bill. There's a Bill Gates cameo, which is a. Uh, very funny and worth the watch. Who else did you notice? So I'm pretty sure I rerounded to check twice. Um, when he first starts reading the the cards to people, I'm pretty sure one guy is Tim Gunn. You know Tim Gunn. Oh, the, okay. The but he's kind of he starts bawling his eyes out, so he's covering his face, so it's hard to tell. But I'm pretty sure. Oh, I was, know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was Tim Gunn. And then uh, Bill Gates. I think is the next one. And then I think Larry Wilmore. Is uh, huh. is one he kind of has a side profile, so it was hard to say for sure. But I rewound it, and I was pretty sure it was Larry Wilmore. Did you see who the producers were on this? A lot of big names. He thanks Tom Hanks at the end. Yeah, the Colbert, Colbert, and his wife were executive producer of the of the special, not the play. Um, a lot of people bought into this. A lot of people really like this. Like famous people. I, now, Sam, we've there's a lot of flaws in this thing. At the end of the day, though, I actually do recommend this to people. I mean, just because I think it's so different. I think it takes a swing. A lot of it does not work. But, you know, listen, I've even enjoyed talking to you about it and just hearing what you thought of it. It's an hour and a half long, probably an, a, a half an hour too long, I guess. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm going to give this credit. I, it combines storytelling and magic in a unique way. I, you know what? I think you could do worse than watching this. I think it's interesting. But Sam, you say people pass, huh? Uh, yeah, and I want to. This is one thing I wrote down that I want to mention. The very beginning, like before the it even starts, a thing comes on the screen and says, "Turn off your your phone or put down your phone or something." And I knew I was going to hate it immediately. Like when they're trying to like dictate to people at home to like put down their phones, like. That was the most pretentious shit, and it, it didn't let didn't come down. If they hadn't have done that, I might have been more receptive to the the thing as a whole. But to have that at the very beginning, yeah, I, I do not recommend this. I don't. I think everyone can skip it. 
Sam, though, in the future, watch it with more, a more open mind. You hated it from second one just by that graphic. I uh, did. I don't uh, think that's fair because I, I had no idea what this was. You sent this to me. I didn't hear of this guy. I didn't know that it was a magic special. So I was completely open-minded. But for that, them that's like... You were open-minded for the opening graphic, yeah, which is literally five seconds. Yeah, for them okay. to come at me and say, like, put my phone yeah. down. I'm like, fuck you. Okay, Sam. Well, let's end it there. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and deal. Welcome back, everyone. You know, we're going to start to deal here, but I want to make a deal first. I, Pat, I'm demanding a trade. I am demanding a trade. I need to get out of here. This podcast is ridiculous. I, the, the management here is awful. I want out, okay? Trade me. Uh, you can just leave anytime. Uh, that that that's fine. You know, we'll we'll replace you. I uh, I want to trade. Uh, but let's start there. You know, Deshaun Watson has demanded a trade officially out of Houston. I want to figure. I want to go through. What do you think his best landing spot is? I I actually think that Houston should not trade him. And I'm not sure they will. And I, I don't have a prediction for where Deshaun... I mean, well, my prediction is, and I'm willing to bet on it, is that he's starting for Houston next season. Uh, they literally just signed him to an extension through 2025. They can franchise him for a couple years after that. You don't trade NFL quarterbacks, especially really good ones, in their prime. I actually think the move is to like sign someone cheap like Trubisky, who you can throw out there uh, if you have to in the event that Watson does not report. But I think this is a pivotal moment for the NFL and whether or not franchises are going to let players start doing this sort of thing and hijacking the franchise. I say they should just hold tight and just never part with them. So you don't think there's any package that could be sent to them that they, they, they would consider? I mean, I'm sure they're considering all offers, but I don't think they should accept. So you don't think like the Jets package sam darnold and like three first round picks and they're they're not they're gonna say okay we'll take that i mean maybe for three first round picks just because they do they could get justin fields or whoever at number two but sam darnold does not move the needle for me at all no but they just get rid of sam darnold yeah but yeah i mean they're they're clearly gonna get a ton of picks in this i i think the jets are probably the front runner because they have that high pick um where the the texans could get justin fields um, I think like every team that's not the Chiefs or the the Bucks is in on this deal. Like he's he's arguably third, fourth best quarterback in the league. I think every team is looking to make this trade. I mean, the Forty ers seem like an option. That the the Bears. I I don't know. I I mean that's I were, that, that's sort of my problem with it. I mean, like. I think this is impossible to project just because there are so many teams that are going to be interested. I, I do not think, I, I don't think anybody has like any clue of how this is going to end up, but I, I think he's going to end up in Houston. But if he does go, where would you like to see him go? Well, I don't mean, I don't really care. I'm not a big Deshaun Watson fan. I mean, Cincinnati. Okay. He's probably better than Joe Burrow. So yeah. Well, giving up on Joe Burrow that easily. Yep. You know, I, I think I said it before. I think the Eagles should sign Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, and a couple of first-round picks. But uh, I don't think they'll do that, unfortunately. 
All right, let's uh let's shift to a different sport. Let's go to the NBA. We're about like quarter of the way through the season now. Um, the MVP race is interesting. That's what I want to talk about. Who is your front runner in the MVP race? You know, Sam, this is this is a typical Sam story right now. We're, we're you know, 15 games into the season, and Sam wants to talk about the MVP already. But you know what? I'm going to play along, okay? Uh, if the season ended today, okay, the NBA MVP would be my guy, uh, Joel Embiid, okay? Oh! He has been, he has been my guy for years, okay? Yeah. And my loyalty is finally paying off, okay? I was the only one of us to have him in my preseason top 10. Not Check true. the tape, okay? Check the tape. You know, this has been the best year of his career so far. He beat LeBron head-to-head the other night, okay, in a big win. Uh, so if the season ended today, my guy would be Joel Embiid. However, uh, the season does not end today. We still have three-quarters of the way to go. Uh, and I still have major concerns about Embiid being able to uh, stay healthy for an entire season. Uh, and I, I don't, I would not, I just cannot put my money on that. So I think at the end of the year, it will actually be uh, LeBron James will get the win. He's having a great season. And I think he'll kind of get, you know, sort of career achievement award because he hasn't won it uh, in so long. Uh, also, don't look now, but the Denver Nuggets have won five straight games, and Nikola Jokic is having his best season ever. Uh, but yes, if the season ended today, uh, Joel Embiid, MVP. I am so surprised. I'm surprised you didn't go straight to Jokic because you were high on him in our top 10 player preview. Uh, you definitely did not say Joel Embiid. Check in fact, the tape. Check the uh, tape. Yeah, go ahead. Check it. It's a clear, clear as day. And a matter of fact, when I called Joe and B like the number eleven on my top ten, like he was the first one out. You guys ridiculed me. You and uh, you and my boy Steven. Both you know what this is? Me. Fake news of the world. Okay, somebody get Tom Hanks. Okay, <laughs> Sam, don't slander my name. Tom check Hanks the tape. Will be on my side because the tape says it. Um, who do you think is right now is the the front runner in the odd, odds making of uh, MVP? Well, Sam, you didn't give us your pick. Who's who's your pick for MVP? Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, right now, I think the I agree. It's kind of disappointing that you did say him because you're stealing my thunder. But uh, Joel Embiid, I think he's been outstanding. He's averaging like a double double. He's uh he's carrying the team. They're in the number one seed, right? Or they're in the first place of the conference right now. So Joel Embiid is. I trying to you're trying to get on my guy now, huh? Trying to wow, yeah. he's yeah. still he's getting on my Joel Embiid train, people. Your guy. Um, who do you think is currently favorite odds wise? Uh, well, I know it's LeBron. Okay, LeBron plus four hundred. Next in line, you got Embiid and Luca at plus five fifty. Uh, KD at plus six hundred. Jokic at plus seven hundred. So I'll say that. Um, these odds, I looked at a couple different sites. They were much different depending on where you were betting. This was kind of like one of the online sites that was the best uh, in terms of getting a, a clear picture at the whole list of the favorites. But, um, you know, Joel Embiid is just behind LeBron in first place. I don't get the Luka number just because the team is 8-10 and 10 the last time I checked. Uh, I don't either. He was the uh, came into the season on a few lists as, a fav- as the odds-on favorite for the MVP which I think is um, people bet on him. He's just hanging around there is why he's kind of hanging on to the list. But do you, I'm willing to bet on this. I will take LeBron. You want Joel? 
what are we oh you mean for mvp yeah uh yeah yeah okay dozen golf balls we'll, we'll put that on the line do it all right deal um so let's shift pat football season is about to end i can see tears just flowing down your face right now but you know that means we Very have sad. to we have to go to other topics we have to talk about other sports i i want to throw out a list of names at you and i want you to tell me what they have in common Hit okay me. you ready mm-hmm. trevor bauer jt real muto dj lemayhew george springer marcelo zuno who are those people baseball players okay what do they have in common oh uh, they're all cheaters <laughs> Uh, all right, so you're just going with every baseball player is a cheater. Those are the top five free agents, more or less, for this season. Um, my boy JT Miro Muto just signed a huge contract to come back to the Phillies. But uh, I was just quizzing you. I was curious if you if you knew your your top five your top baseball players right now. Um, we're gonna have to talk about some baseball coming up because football is gone, and you know it'll be done. Yeah, we're gonna talk about very little baseball. But I know there's a story you want to talk about this week, so let's go ahead. Yeah, so let's continue with baseball. You know, the Hall of Fame didn't elect anybody. So Barry Bonds missed out. Roger Clemens missed out. Kurt Schilling missed out. Are you on board with this? Keep all the cheaters out, plus Kurt Schilling, because he's a racist. Now, so this week, the Baseball Hall of Fame did not let any players into their ranks. You know what? That's fine. And no one cares. Okay. Uh, baseball is irrelevant and the baseball hall of fame even more so. Okay. I've said it before. I do not care about subjective honors from the Academy of motion pictures or the sports hall of fames. Okay. They're all butt kissing bureaucracies and they don't matter. You know what matters is did you win and did you get paid? Okay. And by the way, uh, it's the hall of fame, not the hall of saints. Okay. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens. All of these guys are super famous baseball players who had a you know huge impact on the game over the past 20 or 30 years or whatever. They should all be allowed to be in the Hall of Fame. But guess what? They do not need the approval from some tourist trap up in Cooperstown, New York. Okay? Screw the Hall of Fame. I think they would say differently, but, you know, uh, the baseball is one of the sports that really reveres its history more than other sports. Uh, I think their Hall of Fame is more meaningful to the athletes who play baseball than some of the other Hall of Fames. Um, can't prove that, no no stats on that, but I feel like it's just the oldest one and the, sort of the most established Hall of Fame. I think I'm not hearing anything about your take right now, Sam. I, I think keep them out. I think keep them out. I think... Uh, you know, they shouldn't be on there with the, the greats of the game who didn't, you know, didn't use roids or HGH or whatever you want to call it. You know, Kurt Schilling, uh, he got accused of some of that stuff. But really, the reason keeping him out because he's saying some like he's got his like super right wing and saying racist and crazy shit on online now. Um, oh, did he but, not pitch a game with a bloody sock? OK. A lot of people accuse them of faking that. But uh, no, he did. Look. Kurt Schilling was one of my favorite players when he was playing. 
he says some awful shit. I think that the Hall of Fame in particular is a representation of like what the best of the game is. And when people, you know, some people are in there who've done awful stuff, but when you just sort of like ignore what people do, uh, setting aside the cheating stuff. If you ignore what people do and the, the, you know, it's sort of honoring them, even though they're out there being like awful human beings. So, you know, I, I acknowledge that there are really bad people already in there. A lot of racists are in there, but uh, you know, it doesn't mean you should be continue to add to that collection of, you know, awful people. That's my take. Uh, a lot of people disagree. So you're calling, you're saying Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens are awful people. No, no. Kurt Schilling's a bad person. Barry Bonds and uh, Roger Clemens are just cheaters. Um, I don't think they're awful people. I think there's a difference. But I say keep the cheaters out, keep the bad people out. That's my take. You're a child. Okay. What, what else we got? You know, say what you want, but. Those, it, it no, thank up. you for upholding the sanctity of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay, what's admission up to these days? What are they charging people? Uh, who the hell knows? I don't think it's a nonprofit. I'm assuming. <laughs> no, they charge admission. Trust me. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, but they like they. That's how they run the place. You know. I don't know. Who knows? I think the Baseball Hall of Fame means something, though. I, I disagree with the your blanket take against Hall of Fames. Pete Rose. The, the Hit King is not in the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. He should be because he didn't cheat. And I don't think gambling makes you a bad person. But I feel like uh, there's a but difference. You're, I mean, you're here defending the honor of this stupid institution here for the past five minutes. Well, right. I don't think gambling is like a sin uh, the way that this portrayed. I think cheating is. I think like being a racist is. But like just because you gamble, I don't think makes you a bad person. So I think he should be in. If he's not in, these guys definitely shouldn't be in. Let's put it that way. So, you know, he's the least worst of the bunch. Well, that wraps up this episode of Spieling and Dealing. I've been Patrick. He's been Sam. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Spieling and Dealing Podcast. You can also email us at any time at spielinganddealing at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message, and there's a link for that in the show notes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time.